0: You know, the reality was I always knew right from wrong. Yeah. Um, I always knew that it wasn't what was supposed to be for me. Yeah. Um, and that that foundation that you that you have as a Christian, I've learned, also plays a very integral role in your rock bottom. Yeah. Um, you know, and due to the presence of God in my life my threshold in which I was willing to go past um, was a lot more shallow.
1: Welcome to Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday. I'm Doug McAllister for Journey Fellowship Church, and today my guest is Jimmy Sharp. Jimmy is a leader here at Celebrate Recovery for Journey, but he has an incredible testimony of how Jesus Christ has totally revolutionized his life. So, Jimmy, I want you to just tell us your story you can go back as far as you want to i know in your day job that you're an adjuster so you travel all over especially for hurricanes how busy are you doing the hurricane season
0: uh usually we're looking at anywhere from three to five thousand cars as a result of a what uh yeah hurricane Ida was right at five thousand cars
1: and you how big is your staff to process five thousand claims how, how uh,
0: we went through it with ten people so it's been it is a. That's unbelievable. It's it's a journey. Yeah, um, we definitely uh, don't look forward to hurricanes every day.
1: How, how long have you been an adjuster?
0: I've been an adjuster since two thousand and eight. Wow, and you cover
1: the whole state of Louisiana?
0: Uh, yes, whole yeah. whole state. Well, yes. yeah, my we, team covers the whole state and i yeah. i cover them so. yeah
1: right man what a what a massive job have you always been in insurance and adjusting
0: well i started out actually in as a freshman in high school i started out in the body shop industry yeah um i uh, as a freshman in high school i wrecked my mother's cadillac And uh, we all, yes. (laughs) I I wrecked a Cadillac, so as a uh, punishment for wrapping around a tree, I had to build her a new one. And uh, wow, yeah. So we had a family friend who owned a body shop, and he went and bought a shell of a stolen Cadillac. And I took all the good parts off of our car and put it on that car and made my mom a new car. I was a freshman in high school.
1: So you're eighteen or you're sixteen, fifteen, whatever a freshman is. Fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. Mm-hmm. And you're rebuilding an entire Cadillac?
0: An entire Cadillac.
1: That sounds like a Johnny Cash song. Remember this Johnny Cash song that he wrote back in the fifties? Yeah. Yeah. So did you know anything about body work or did Nothing. you learn
0: wow. Nothing. Oh. So but by the time we got to the end of that, you know, the the owner there decided that he would keep me on full time and just yeah. you know, so I went to school half a day,
1: yeah. and
0: went to work half a day all the way through my high school career. So that's how I got started in body shape.
1: How long did it take you to rebuild the whole Cadillac?
0: I was at it for about two and a half months. Man. After school. And
1: then it turned into a job?
0: And then it turned into a job. And then a career? And then a career. How long did you do that? I did that for 15 years. Wow. wow. Yeah. yeah. When I, quit, uh, when I graduated high school, I, I thought that uh, because I had been working so long, yeah. And I was pulling in a steady paycheck that yeah. I didn't need a college career. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a career already.
1: Already making money. Why don't you go to college? Yeah. Well,
0: there's a lot of why nots yeah. to it. But, yeah. you know, that's was my thinking as a young kid. And yeah. So that's the path I took. Yeah, so you stayed still it
1: in your 30s then. Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: Yeah, Till 33,
1: us let's, let's go back to when um, you first served the Lord. Uh, you know, tell us about your um, – church experience as a child with your parents and kind of what you went through before you get to the, you know, how God rescued you. Tell us a little bit about where you came from.
0: Okay. Well, my story uh, starts fairly early. Um, And that's the part that I remember uh, the most is, you know, my dad was a, um, my dad was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And uh, so my parents divorced at a very early age for me um and so they separated and i would actually go to my dad's every other weekend Mm -hmm. he he, you know he got uh shared custody so we would go to his house every other weekend
1: how Um, you were your parents divorced
0: Uh, five.
1: Oh wow, you were young.
0: Yeah, I was young. So, you know, we would, my brothers and I would go every other weekend to his house and stay with him, and you know, he would always. Always take us to church on Sunday. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a little country church that was literally right across the yard from where I grew up. Yeah. Um, you what know, kind of church was it? It was a little Southern Baptist church. Praise
1: the Lord for the Baptist, yeah. man. There's a Baptist church on every corner.
0: Every corner and stuck in the woods a lot. Amen. So that that little church was my church home yeah. um, for my childhood. Yeah. So, you know, my dad, a, a couple of years into it, he, he actually quit. Quit drinking. Um, and he continued to take us to church and, yeah. and started really turning his life around. Mm. Um, you know, do we wish he could have done it a lot sooner? Sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. but that's, that's not how the cards fell for us. So, yeah. you know, he, he made sure that every Sunday that we were there, that he had us in the church house. And yeah. then I would, uh, other weekends I would be at home with my mom and, um, they, uh, there were Seventh Day Adventists, and they had us in church pretty much every Saturday. Yeah. Uh, so we were a all weekend church family. Um, you
1: Seventh Day Adventist on Saturday and Baptist on Sunday, s- huh? That's right. So your stepdad was Seventh Day.
0: My stepdad was Seventh Day Adventist. Got it. Yeah. yeah. So you know we got a lot of we got a lot of church when we yeah. were young. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely, I would say we didn't have too many excuses to yeah. not know. Right yeah. from wrong, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so it it was a it was a blessing. My dad, he started out in you know children's ministry with us because it mm-hmm. was a small church. Yeah, uh, we we kids along with my three cousins that lived on the property with us. We moved up to youth. Yeah, he did youth. Yeah, um, then we moved up to, to adults, and he yeah. started leading music on Sunday mornings. Yeah. So. You know, I owe a lot to my dad, and uh, he's yeah. he's taken a journey with his kids yeah. in their growth and development. Did so he remarry? He did remarry. Yeah. Um, he they have been married uh, almost, I guess, probably about thirty years. Oh wow! Um, yeah, and so your mom's
1: still re-ma- still married to your stepdad.
0: He passed away oh, in yeah. February due to um, COVID, Remar- so she is now single. Yeah. Wow. So she's wow. a widow.
1: So you were close to both your dad and your stepdad? Very close, yeah. yes. They, yeah.
0: they were very instrumental and always plugged into making sure that yeah. I was raised.
1: Yeah. So you had a great foundation, at least spiritually. Even though your parents were divorced, they didn't ignore your, your spiritual needs, huh?
0: Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Absolutely. They made yeah. sure that I had, yeah. had that. Yeah. Um, Which would
1: so. pay dividends later on. When you grew up and kind of went your own way, tell us about that. What what, what kind of led you away from the Lord?
0: Well. <laughs> As a freshman in high school, as I told you, I was I, my my birthday fell in September. Yeah. Um so back then in school in Texas, if your birthday fell after the school year started, you had to wait till the next school sure. year. Right. Well, my birthday literally fell just a couple of days after the school year Man. started, so yeah. I missed it by just a couple of days.
1: So you got booted for a year behind basically. I was
0: always a year behind until yeah. it come time for me to get my driver's license yeah. and then I happened to be a year ahead of everybody. Yeah. Um. So out of all my friends, I was the first one to get my driver's license and the first one to get a vehicle. Yeah. And I gained a lot of popularity. Magically. I bet,
1: man. Especially if you're uh, working at a body shop, huh? You yeah. Can-
0: yeah. So it was. Um. I, I went through that. Um. That that season of my life and. Um, as a kid in high school and starting to have a lot of friends, I, I was starting to be exposed to a lot of peer pressure yeah. that I had really never experienced before. Hmm. Because we lived kind of a you know little bit of a I wouldn't call it a sheltered life, yeah. but we did live a a life in where we just didn't didn't mix much yeah. with with outside influences yeah, like that. Yeah. But I did find some friends. We, uh, started going out on weekends and, um, I found, uh, I found drugs yeah. uh through through my friends. And Was it like
1: at a nightclub or where did y'all go to party or Well in East or?
0: Texas you don't really go to nightclubs. You yeah. you sit in the middle of parking lots parking lots and you chance it and hope you don't get caught and you bring and, your own party? And you bring yeah. your own party or yeah. you'll yeah. sit in the woods in yeah. the middle of a pasture somewhere trespassing and right.
1: How'd you find drugs in the middle of the woods?
0: Well, you know, when you we've got Thirty or forty people there, you know, yeah. in parties, they would always show up. Somebody and would, somebody would show up with it, yeah. um, and so it started out for me with marijuana. Yeah, um, didn't really, didn't really think a whole lot of it. My plan, actually, when I started doing drugs, my plan was, and and I and I'm pretty sure it's been said a lot in, in many people's lives, but my plan was, I'm going to party till it's time to grow up. Yeah, and then I'm going to turn the switch off and grow up. Yeah. Um, so I, I partied through high school. Mm-hmm. Um, got out of high school, I was making fairly decent money because, as I um, stated before, we were—I was working in a body shop. So right. at that point, pretty dude,
1: good pay when you're a body shop expert not bad for a senior in high school yeah
0: um as an adult who was trying to make it independently it wasn't that great but it was real good for a senior in high school Mm -hmm. i didn't quite make that correlation that early in life yeah um so i stuck with the body shop as i graduated high school yeah um the body shop come to find out was actually a really good haven and a really good resource to further my drug addiction really um it just seems like that it's a predominantly drug abusive career yeah um so I escalated from marijuana to to cocaine to ecstasy and wow. to methamphetamines um and that path that path lasted all the way to two thousand and eight um so many, i had how many years is that that was about thirteen fifteen years, so you had a thirteen 13-
1: our more year journey with drug addiction.
0: With drug addiction. Wow. Yes. Did you
1: get married along the way in those thirteen years? I did.
0: Yeah. Um, actually, married with two children. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately they were drugged through that yeah. um that portion of my life with me. Yeah. Um you know So you're my,
1: still working, you're still you're like a functional drug addict then.
0: Very much so functioning. Wow. Um and so I I would go to work every day.
1: Yeah.
0: I would make my money and the only issue was that financially I couldn't separate the two. Yeah. Um
1: how'd you afford a drug addiction and a family?
0: I didn't. Oh, you didn't. No. I see. Um so what ended up happening was as time goes on, we had lost two houses. Yeah. Uh we had lost three cars yeah. and um my wife and I had been through multiple separations. Mm-hmm. Um and uh almost divorces with and two
1: little girls now too.
0: Huh? With two little girls. Wow. Um so um a really self centered portion of my life um, and I ended up actually um, being sort of an influence of my wife starting drugs as well really um you know it's you know something about drug addicts we just yeah. don't want to do things alone, yeah um we always want to drag somebody else into our misery sure um and she as well as my kids were they were drug into that misery with y'all were
1: still in east texas we
0: were still in east texas yes yes we had a little bitty house um out in a lakeside community um where we were living and it was a little one bedroom home yeah and we were we were living there and um we stayed there for quite a while and actually had to move out of it at one point due to my addiction yeah. and move in with my brother and live with my brother for about 2 or 3 years because really? we couldn't afford the uh we couldn't afford the bills. Yeah. So you know, we moved in with my brother so that we could live a lot cheaper, and mm-hmm. I could continue to fund. Did my your drug brother addiction. know you
1: were struggling with drug addiction? Not at all. He didn't know you. You were able to hide it. Wow.
0: I, I was able to hide it from yeah. my brother, and for the most part, even from my parents. Wow. Um, my parents never really, they never really understood the magnitude of yeah. of my addiction.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. You know. So. Yeah. It went on for it went on for quite a long time.
1: Yeah, thirteen to fifteen years is a long time to be strung out on addiction, and you're alone.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, it, it was it was a it was a hard portion of it's my a life. Dark, it was a dark, thing. the really dark places, yeah. and so you know, 2008, August of 2008, I was literally walking to the lake, yeah. and I had a five gallon jug in my hand. Yeah, um, I was going to the lake to actually. Pull up water out of the lake into that five-gallon jug so I could take it back to the house because I didn't pay the bills and the water and electricity and everything was shut off in the house, but we were still living in it. So the only way... I could think to flush toilets for my yeah. girls yeah. was to bring water and to bale water up from the lake. hill from the lake.
1: How far from the lake were you? It's
0: About 150 yards. Yeah. Um, so yeah. on my walk down there in 2008, it was actually August of 2008, mid-path, I was stopped dead in my tracks. Yeah. Um, and I came to this understanding that my life had to turn around. Yeah, um, I could not keep doing this to my wife and children. Yeah. Um, they, they could not keep living in a home mm-hmm. with no power, no electricity. You know, we're on the verge of losing yet our third home. Yeah. I just could not continue to raise my children and yeah. and support my wife in that kind of environment. So I made the decision to. Um, Change careers. Yeah. Um, At that point, that's what I thought my saving grace was going to be. Yeah. uh, Is I'll just change careers. I'll go to a career that pays better money. I can afford my bills at that point. Yeah. Um, And just so happens that pretty much any career I go into, I'm going to have to pass a drug test. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and quit doing drugs and Mm -hmm. I'm going to change my career. And that's what I did. Yeah. Just quit um,
1: cold turkey with no help?
0: No help. No help. Um, and it was it was a rough transition. I bet. It, it was a very hard transition. At that time,
1: but, you were still taking all four of those drugs? Or just had you narrowed it down to one? By no, then?
0: I was still very much involved in all those drugs. The whole cocktail of them. Mm-hmm. So it was it – was, I was at this place where really, you know, I just – that's what I thought I needed to do sure you know I'm not making enough money I just need to make more money yeah you know and and that'll fix everything so you know I I I immediately quit the body shop Mm -hmm. I immediately quit doing drugs and I started as an independent doing insurance work yeah um getting that off the ground was not easy because I was working for myself instead of working for somebody else Mm -hmm. and I did that for About five years oh wow um independently still living in your little house still living in a house still financially struggling Mm -hmm. um you know trying to make it and then a transition in a career all by myself and pretty much not not knowing what i was doing was just figuring it out yeah um and during that time i would spend most of my time resenting my wife and children really Um, so there's this, I've come to understand that there is a very vast difference between sobriety and recovery. Hmm. Uh, there's a big difference between sobriety and actual freedom. Um, and I spent five years walking in sobriety and it was a huge struggle for me. Um, every day I would wake up resenting my wife and kids yeah. because they were the reason yeah. that I had to quit. Yeah. Uh, they were the reason that I had to turn my life around. They were the reason why, wow. in my eyes, I was struggling so bad yeah. financially and trying to make it. Right. You know, And so that, that resentment manifested into a lot of verbal and mental abuse mm-hmm. towards my wife and children, um, and they put up with that for – Five years straight. So this is from two thousand
1: eight to two thousand and thirteen. Two
0: thousand eight to two thousand. You were just struggling
1: all along out there. Did you ever go back to church, or did you consider going back to church?
0: I did go back to church in twenty twelve. Oh, yeah. My um, there's a uh, there was a little girl who showed up on my doorstep. Yeah, and um, she was uh, she knocked on my door, opened up the door, and she said, "Hey, I noticed you had." toys in your front yard, mm-hmm. so uh, you must have children, and I was, well, that's a really odd, Yeah, it's a really odd observance in yeah. today's world, but yeah, right? yeah, I kind of do have children, yeah. and, you know, how can I help you? And she said, well, I'm from the Lake of the Pines Baptist Church up here at the beginning of the community, yeah. and we're inviting people to Vacation Bible School, and I wanted to invite your children.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Um, so... My children went to vacation Bible school. My oldest found Jesus. Oh, boy. Um, so we went through that process of actually going and supporting my child um, through that process because I knew. Yeah. Because of my raising, I knew as a parent that, you know, yeah. i got to support time? that. She was
1: six. Oh, she was a little girl still. She was, she was still a little girl. So your baby found Jesus, man. <laughs>
0: now, she found Jesus, and that was, a, that was a huge deal to me. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't big enough. Yeah. Um. You know, and so the things just just kept going. The things that I were do- I was doing, the yeah. the decisions I was making, the way I was treating my family was, uh-huh. those things were still very much so prevalent. Yeah. Um. I actually even resisted for a couple of months joining the church yeah. because I just wasn't wasn't quite there. Yeah. Um. Where I was ready to follow in my child's footsteps. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I resisted for a little while. Right. Um during that time we had a uh, we had a pastor there at Lake of the Pines Baptist Church who for some reason would not give up on me. Yeah. Um and mm-hmm. he would continue and continue and continue to pursue me until you know, I, I finally joined the church. Yeah. Um, started going to the church, became very, very heavily involved in the church through his mentorship as a pastor. Uh, We literally became best friends. And um, everywhere he went, I went. Um, You know, he would take me to a lot of pastor conventions. He would take me to a lot of places that, you know, I really would have never imagined myself being. Yeah. Um, but he would never quit and he would never give up. Mm. And one morning, about six o'clock in the morning on a Saturday morning, he showed up at the house and um he said, Come on, we're we're, we're going somewhere. Um and I said, Okay and you know, he knew my home life, he knew what was going on. I, I really didn't ever hide anything from him as a mm-hmm. pastor. Um, you know, and We went to uh, this little town called Pittsburgh, and they were having a Celebrate Recovery step study there at at a little Baptist church, and that's where he ended up taking me. Hmm. Um, We pulled up in the parking lot, and he looked at me, and he said, Now, we're here for a particular purpose. And I said, Okay. And he says, We're here because I want to start a Celebrate Recovery in our church, I want you to lead it, mm-hmm. and in order for you to lead that Celebrate Recovery, you're, you're going to have to go through this step study. Yeah. It, it's a requirement. He just
1: volunteered you to lead it, huh?
0: He volunteered <laughs> me to lead it. <laughs> what, um, a what a great I pastor. I got a job for you, man. Yeah. yeah, and so we went through that process. Yeah. Um, first meeting that came in, first lesson, I looked up at everybody, and I just told them, hey, my name's Jimmy. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm here to get qualified to lead a Celebrate Recovery. Right. And they just kind of looked at me and smirked, yeah. and I really kind of didn't understand what that was all about. Mm-hmm. And we went through this process of of learning and understanding things about denial and and where we was and and our relationship with God and our, our addiction. Mm. The next week, I came in, and it came time to introduce myself again. And just out of nowhere, I'm, my name is Jimmy Sharp. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm a drug addict. Oh wow. Um I don't I don't know where that came from. Wow. Um but you just got it got real. It, it got real. Um and that group of men took me under their wing mm. and uh walked me through that twelve step program. I uh we went through a lot during those twelve steps. We yeah. went through an almost divorce. Yeah. Um my wife left me during that period. Wow. Um and uh it was uh, it was just not an easy time in my life, like what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. I thought as everything changed and everything turned around, things would get easier, and, and they didn't. They they even got a little bit more difficult. Yeah. Um. And we'd go through that process, that that twelve step process, and and learning and understanding. And I'm here now to work on my drug addiction. Yeah. You know. And then all of a sudden part of the way through this 12 step program things shift in my life and now i'm here working on my marriage yeah you know and then as things transition and keep going along you know i'm trying to, i've got my marriage back together and now i'm trying to resolve things with my children and their mother yeah now i'm in a 12 step program working on my family Whew. and and it's all in the same 12 yeah. step period man you know and, and and it was it was overwhelming at times yeah But it was there was so much, so much freedom. Uh, We was actually able to use Celebrate Recovery to rebuild our marriage, to put a foundation of principles uh, into our marriage, and um, and it it actually helped us get to a place to where we could forgive each other for a lot of things. Um, There had been a lot of adultery in our life, um, just a lot of hurt in our marriage, Mm -hmm. and without going through some sort of progress learning process of learning how to forgive each other Mm -hmm. we weren't ever going to make it yeah Uh, it was just going to continue to be this cycle so she entered into a 12-step program herself yeah into a step study she worked through a step study and i worked through that continued working through that step study and we came out a lot stronger yeah um as a family as as a marriage and me as an individual. And I actually came out learning and understanding the difference yeah. between sobriety and freedom. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there there's just this reality that sobriety is a day-to-day struggle.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and, and you just wake up a lot of times in the morning just trying to stay sober. Um, and that's really where my focus was for... Yeah. So many years. Right. Can I just make it through another day of being sober? Right. Um, and and as I would continue to do that, it was just it was just one struggle after another, just daily battle.
1: Jimmy, you the first fifteen years, you were raised by a dad and a stepdad who both loved the Lord and brought you to church. But the next 15 years of your life, you left your faith and kind of did your own thing. How important do you think that foundation your parents gave you, even though it was a broken family, they brought you to church every Sunday? How important was that foundation later on in your life?
0: Critical. Yeah? Um, Life-saving. Tell me about it. I have have learned through the years, through my recovery and my addiction and, and my parents, um you know, I always, as a child, sat in church and listened to the preacher, tell my parents, yeah, raise your child up yeah in the way they should go
1: proverbs twenty two seven huh?
0: proverbs yeah. twenty two seven raves yeah. up your child in the way they should go, and I always yeah. heard that so many times that yeah. as a child, I started to almost see it as a cliche, yeah, um you know, so when I got into high school. <laughs> That raising that was in me yeah. was not really important Yeah. Um, because I, I just kind of saw it all as yeah. as an option and yeah. for a particular season in my life, yeah. and that wasn't the season so to you, me.
1: you didn't see the value of it at that time. I know where are it would play a huge role.
0: A huge role. Yeah. It would, you know, so as I've learned and I look back and as I've told many people before, yeah. um... You know, there is a such thing as rock bottom.
1: yeah.
0: Um, and I am solely convinced today that because of the foundation that was laid in me early as a child, mm-hmm. because Jesus Christ was instilled in me early as a child and, mm-hmm. and those learnings and those disciplines were... My parents made every effort to put that into me. They made every effort to make sure that I was saved as a young child. Yeah, um, that I had the presence of God walking with me. Mm-hmm. So when I turned away and when I when I went a different direction, you know, the reality was I always knew right from wrong. Yeah, um, I always knew that it wasn't what was supposed to be for me. Yeah, um, and that. That foundation that you that you have as a Christian, I've learned, also plays a very integral role in your rock bottom. Yeah. Um, you know, and due to the presence of God in my life, my threshold in which I was willing to go past mm-hmm. um, was a lot more shallow. Yeah. Um, the, the hole just wasn't nearly as deep.
1: So your rock bottom wasn't nearly what it could have been without that foundation.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I learned that as I started to find God again in recovery and and walk through those things I learned that if it wasn't for my parents um, instilling me and instilling in me that at an early age that there's no telling how far I would have gone. Right. Um, because there was never really anything ever instilled in me as a kid that if I wouldn't have had God, what would that presence be in my life that turned me around?
1: And how deep would your rock bottom? And and when would would would
0: it? How how far would I have gone before it happened? I
1: think it's a good point that we just emphasize that parents who are watching right now that the Sundays that they bring their children to church and the. You know, the building of that foundation, it may seem like it's not going to pay any dividends, but it'll carry them throughout the rest of their life, you know, even when their parents are no longer their main influence. That Word of God and that presence of the Lord follows a child forever like it did you.
0: It, it definitely it definitely followed me, yeah. um, and I, I do believe that to be for... Every believer in Jesus Christ, yeah. um, that your your bottom's just not as deep as it would be without Him, and I yeah. owe that all to my parents. Yeah. My parents readily stood in the gap for me when I was active in addiction. You know, they made mm-hmm. sure I was raised up in the things of the Lord. Yeah. They also made sure that when I was active in addiction, even though they didn't know the magnitude, yeah. or at least to my knowledge, they didn't. Yeah, you know. Um, Reality is some parents know more than we think. Probably, um, yeah. but to my knowledge, they didn't know the yeah. depth and magnitude of, of yeah. my addiction. Right. Um, but they knew I was going through a rough period in my life, yeah. and my mother and my father spent so much time on their knees, yeah, um, pleading for me, praying for you, and uh, you know, I'm I'm convinced today that God honored that. Yeah. Um, and I get to walk. The way I walk today, um, as a result of that teaching that was put in me early, right. um, the foundation of Jesus Christ that was put in me early, the opportunity to find Him as my Lord and Savior right. early in life, um, those things were those things were the key. Yeah, um, it wasn't anything that it wasn't anything I did. Right. Um, at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm an expert yeah. at getting myself in a lot of trouble <laughs> um and uh Boy, so you know oh, and hard. i uh, as a teenager and even as a young adult mm-hmm. i was just really convinced that i had a better grip on life than what i really did yeah and i also believe that you know i could do this a different way than my parents yeah. and show them that right i can do this all on my own It just didn't work out that way. So that
1: 12-week step study led to you reconnecting with Jesus led to healing in your marriage and opening up doors for ministry for you. When you finished that, did you go back to your home church and start a Celebrate Recovery?
0: Absolutely, we yeah. went back and and we uh, actually took about eight months of, yeah. of working through building a, a foundation for Celebrate Recovery within the church. Yeah. And we actually built a Celebrate Recovery from scratch. I right. led it for five years before. Oh, wow. Letting go of it and yeah. and moving and relocating to yeah. South Louisiana. So you stayed
1: there until you came to Louisiana, then correct. Leading celebrate recovery, correct. Wow. Yes. How's your marriage today? How's how's your um, your family life? And those you know traumas of the first few months of transition, God's healed most of that in your life.
0: Our family is as well as could be expected. Yeah. Um, I, I would never sit here and say we're perfect. Yeah um but we are we are definitely growing yeah um still today yeah um my uh my wife has made a lot of progress so have i as, as parents yeah our children are are coming along well yeah and Um how are you girls now i have one that is uh 19 and one that is fixing to turn 18. wow yeah the one that's 19 is about to turn 20 so yeah and she just got married just got married and she has a little baby nine months old now and her name's katie and she's the apple of our eye
1: how in love are you with katie
0: uh, head over heels. No,
1: right. Head over what heels. What is it about grandchildren,
0: man? I, I, I do not know. Uh, They're magical. That, yes. What it is. God does something special in grandchildren. Yeah. Um. And my children, especially my oldest, yeah. she, she gets to watch it, and it's kind of humorous because yeah. sometimes she has a few resentments that yeah. Yeah. Katie gets treatment that she didn't get when she <laughs> hey, was... you were
1: never just good to me. <laughs> never. I hear that all the time.
0: <laughs> I hear that all the yeah. time. I, you know, hey, Dad, you never... Yeah, it wasn't like that when i was a kid I know. you know and i don't really have a good explanation for None. It. <laughs> like hey
1: i'm sorry i'm, just a, I'm a better person now <laughs> yeah
0: i mean i really just don't know how, how to explain it but yeah. she is she is yeah. definitely special to me um yeah. and it's as i've stated before she you know i hope she was a i'd hope she was going to be a boy yeah. um you know i i would love to have a a grandson. grandson in my yeah. life. Yeah. Uh but the reality is she's a girl and that's that's a good thing, you yeah. know. It's I'm I'm under the deep conviction that the girls that have been placed in my life are are there for a particular purpose. Absolutely, man. And it's to keep me humble. Yeah. Um and uh They keep me in line.
1: And I see your girls serving, especially I saw Emma yesterday serving in the nursery here at church. And you've raised some wonderful, wonderful children. You and Tabitha have recovered from your trauma, but your girls look like they've been raised in a stable, healthy, beautiful Christian home. It's amazing how God redeems us, isn't it?
0: It is. And um, really all I could do was lay the foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, as that foundation was laid for me, that's that's really all I can do for my children is is yeah. lay the foundation, and it it does my heart good yeah. um, to see my children yeah. walking in the ways of the Lord, and it's just you know serving and doing the things they do. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't put a lot of validity in me as a man. Yeah, um, but it puts a lot of validity in my God yeah um, you know, because like i said you know i'm I'm an expert in messing things up, yeah, and i really needed i really needed a lot of help raising my children, yeah, um, and that came from Jesus Christ himself. And yeah. um, so I give him all the credit for my children.
1: How long have you been clean and sober?
0: I have been clean and sober since 2008, August of 2008. Wow. I did re- manage to, okay, let me rephrase that. Yeah. I was, I've been sober since 2008. Yeah. I have been free since 2012. Wow. Um, and Preacher, that's, that's a, um, that's a walk I will continue to walk yeah is is in freedom um, yeah. some days I mistakenly do things that jeopardize it yeah um, but I know that I could go straight to God, repent of those right. things and Amen. and and turn my life around one more time in small steps his
1: greatest his grace is sufficient right? his
0: grace is definitely sufficient, and yeah. it, it plays a huge role in my life because I need yeah. it daily
1: so just a few years ago, you were in East Texas. Leading, celebrate recovery, building your business, and now here you are in Slidell, Louisiana. Tell us how you got from East Texas to Slidell.
0: Well, that is a uh, that is a conversation, and that has just marvelled me myself. Really? Yes, because in order for us to really understand the context of it, we uh, you got to kind of understand. The business I'm in, wow. I work from home, so yeah. literally when they asked me to move down here close to my team, yeah, I could have moved anywhere yeah um and I did not have a destination in mind. they just said you got to get closer like somewhere in Louisiana somewhere in Louisiana yeah. you got to get there pretty and, big state yeah. pretty big state yeah, and we spent a year searching and hunting and trying to figure out where we were going to move to. Mm-hmm. We came down here and we looked all the way from Franklinton, Franklinton all the way over to Baton Rouge. Yeah. We looked some in Lafayette. Yeah. We, we just looked all over the place. Yeah. We even looked some in Mississippi yeah. trying to figure out where that yeah. where that place is at yeah. um, Prior to um, us actually moving, I was in a um, process of actually... Really trying to understand my faith, okay um and really trying to dig in a lot deeper gotcha and I was actually came here with the intentions of almost starting from square one, yeah again, and really trying mm-hmm. to figure out where God wants me, yeah. Um, so we were looking at different churches. We have we had decided that we may or may not actually stay with the Baptist church. Yeah. We may actually make some changes along those lines. Mm-hmm. It was just all about what God was gonna do. Yeah. So we spent a year trying to figure it out on our own mm-hmm. and we were getting nowhere. Yeah. So I asked uh I asked my wife, I was like, you know, how how are we ever gonna figure this out? Yeah. you know there's just too many options and she was lost I was lost and so we started just talking about church yeah um and that became the topic of our conversation is mm-hmm. okay what do you think we're going to do about a church? Yeah, And so we literally started looking around and searching in the Internet and looking for a church. And you're still in and East Texas. We're still in East Texas. Got it. A, a year away from moving. moving. Got gotcha. you. Um, and so we're, we're searching through, and we found – Journey Fellowship Church online. Yeah. And we started watching Journey Fellowship online on Sunday mornings from East Texas. Really? And we attended Journey Fellowship Church online for about 6 months Get before we ever made the move here. Yeah. And during that process, I, we kept watching it and I looked at my wife one Sunday morning and I was like, "This is our church." Yeah. And she goes, are you sure? And I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure this is our church without a shadow of a doubt. And she says, okay, so now what? Yeah. And I was like, well, we find a house close by. Wow. Um, and that's what we did. So we, yeah. God gave us a church. Yeah. And then we built our life oh, man. in the proximity of the church. Yeah. Um, so we moved to Lacombe um, and we've got a house there. Yeah. And that's where we've been living ever since. But yeah. we owe, we are we owe our location to the guidance of God, and yeah, he led us to journey, yeah. and therefore we, we built our house um, did you and built our family. With,
1: did you connect with Pastor Al, our online campus pastor, while you were attending online? Absolutely. Yeah. Pastor
0: Al and I actually developed a pretty good relationship via online. Really? Um, we would talk and text yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah. He was actually there the day we moved in to help us carry our – Heavy, heavy, heavy couches <laughs> up the stairs because we didn't realize yeah. when we were moving to Louisiana that all the houses are up in the air.
1: They're all um, off the ground, there. Yeah,
0: and we had some of the heaviest furniture known to mankind. <laughs> hey, you're and Texas.
1: Everything's big in Texas, man. Everything's
0: <laughs> big in Texas and heavy, yeah. and it was still big and heavy when it came to Louisiana. It's
1: even heavier because you had to go upstairs with it. Too. Yeah, so yeah. he
0: was there the day that we moved in to help us get man. all that stuff upstairs. We what had a really good— master. We mm-hmm. had a really good meeting with him, and uh, he has been a uh, he's been a very integral part yeah. of my life and yeah. uh, my my recovery. Wow! So I, I uh, yeah, we love Pastor Out of Death. He's amazing. And it's, so you got
1: right involved, and you joined his uh, Celebrate Recovery team quickly.
0: Yeah, pretty much immediately. Yeah, immediately we came in and made ourselves at home, um, and just working through the process of turning this into our family yeah um i really didn't serve a lot in the very beginning yeah um i just kind of wanted to just sit back and get a uh get a good foundation underneath Mm me um Mm -hmm. and kind of have more of a church home before i started doing a lot of of serving and volunteering but um as time went on he he slowly continued to encourage me and asked me to yeah. become more and more involved yeah uh to the point to where i'm i'm back involved in leading today
1: yeah and now you're one of his main leaders for cr
0: and blessed for it
1: yeah yeah and you recently led a group down to the mission i understand right
0: yes yes we are going down to the mission every the last friday of every month yeah and uh I was able to actually go two months ago and uh mm. lead the group yeah. as well as um give a message yeah. um and that was that was a huge yeah. opportunity for me to be able to actually stand up and yeah. in a pulpit and deliver the word of God amen. To, what a privilege to some people that you know are just as special as I am it's just the world doesn't see them that way
1: amen you know
0: and so um It's definitely a blessing I get to do it again This Friday Looking forward to it Yeah Um, So we're gonna go back down again This Friday And I get to uh, Bring the word again And Jimmy
1: talk for a few minutes Uh, If there's somebody Watching today Who's going through An addiction You've listed All your addictions You know But somebody who's Watching And their addiction Is still real How can they find help What do they need to do
0: First of all Find Jesus Yeah Um quickly as possible and know and understand that he has resources um you know that he has put in place for each of us one of those resources is indeed celebrate recovery yeah um i am a very firm believer in the process yeah um because i'm a product of the process yeah uh, and we have that celebrate recovery available here at Journey Fellowship Church yeah, yeah, yeah. every Monday night at six thirty. Yeah, um, and we are always looking forward and anticipating, an addition to the family, yeah. every week. Um, yeah. So this is not a this is not a closed off group. This yeah. is a group that looks forward to seeing people yeah. that are struggling with their hurts habits and hang-ups and walking through that in their life with them day by day and that's kind of what our celebrate recovery is about it's just that that community of grace and that forever family that we have together yeah and uh it is truly something special we uh see a lot of that but also bleeding over into Sundays, yeah, um, where a lot of our celebrate recovery people are getting to a place in yeah. their walk where they're showing up on Sunday mornings and also serving, serving in church leading. life, that's right, um, which is, is huge. Yeah. So, I would say that if if there is somebody out there that is struggling with yeah. addiction or any yeah. hurts, habits, or hangups, yeah, um, that. They would reach out to us on a Monday right. night through right. Celebrate Recovery. And yeah. definitely and if you can't bring up the uh courage to come on a Monday night, start with a Sunday morning. Right. Um, you know, that that path has been successful. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and, and we would definitely embrace anybody yeah. who would uh want to uh come in and join us. As we're us.
1: wrapping this up, let's talk a little bit about your dad and your mom. Your dad's still strong. In his faith in the church where he where you grew up?
0: My dad still leads music in that <coughs> same little Baptist church. How old is your dad? My dad is he is in his mid sixties. He's oh, sixty five now. God and he's so him. he's he's very much so still active. Man. Um still leading worship. Still leading worship. God bless him. And I, uh, I think he will probably do that till the day uh the Lord calls him home. Wow. Um, Mom is still active in the uh adventist church um she actually lives in that community out there yeah uh so she's still active there as well and uh my parents are like i said they're they're just they're just godly people yeah and they did the absolute best yeah with what they had in the season that they had trying to raise me and the fact that they made sure that i had jesus
1: what did what do you and your family, you and your wife and kids, do for fun? You know, like travel, play. What what is your hobby?
0: My hobby's fishing. Yeah, yeah. That's not my family's hobby, but yeah. that's my hobby. <laughs> that's uh, yours. That's that's definitely my hobby. Yeah.
1: Now you live right on the water, don't you?
0: Yes, yeah, so yes.
1: You fish off your back dock. Yes.
0: Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty well, sweet, I'm a, man. I'm a water rat. Pretty so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. You know, I, I we had to get close to water, yeah. and that yeah. was. Uh, that was what we found in Lacombe. Yeah. So I, I love yeah. to fish, and yeah. um, I do that quite often. Nice. The wife, she um, doesn't really have a whole lot of hobbies. She's yeah. Just, you know, she works a lot and yeah. um, listens to music a lot, so yeah. I guess that's her hobby. You guys have
1: but, a favorite vacation destination?
0: Home. Oh, East you like Texas. going home? Yes, I've got an Airbnb at home in East Texas, yeah. um, and we go back there to oh, be with nice. family. And nice. that is about as best of a vacation as we can come up with at yeah. this time. Is to go home. East Texas is a paradise, man. We love it there. It's beautiful, um, absolutely. You know, it's it'll always be a part of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you ever
1: go back home to to go to your dad's church? Yes, I was visit?
0: actually there last Sunday. No way. Yes, I was. I
1: bet he was loving that. Oh, huh?
0: he he ate it up. The whole family went back for the weekend. Oh, gosh. Um, Chilly. and so we we made sure that we went to. The Baptist church with, with Dad last Sunday and yeah. the family and the grandbaby and <sighs> so his great grandbaby was there as well. Oh my and gosh. I know he, he was, was in heaven, man. Oh, he was tickled yeah. to death I to have bet. us there. It's still even at this stage in my life, yeah, it is still very, very much so important to my father yeah. to see us in church houses.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so and that's just where he gets his joy. So powerful. You know, man. is just to watch us you know, show up to church somewhere.
1: Jimmy, I have enjoyed your story, man.
0: Well, I have definitely enjoyed being able to a great uh, visit with you today. I
1: love how Jesus takes us right where we are, even when we we've made so many bad choices, and he always gives us a second chance. And not only that, then he makes things better than we could have ever imagined. Here you are now, you know, happily married, two adult daughters, a grandchild, a booming business you got your health you got a great ministry and man how god took what could have been a tragedy in your life and turned it into a beautiful testimony that's the power of jesus man Amen. he takes our mess and turns it into a message of hope and redemption you know absolutely and it's so evident in your life you are a man who lives out the story of
0: redemption i uh, thank you for those uh kind words and hopefully uh hopefully we can continue on in in the path uh, that god has set for us and
1: And i love how god brought you here through the online campus man you guys watch for six months you attended for six months on the online campus i love how technology has changed the world made it so small you're living in east texas which is how many hours away six hours away six hours away and you were at church every sunday here at journey Mm -hmm. you know
0: it is a testament to where we are with technology today. Yeah, it's right. also a testament to the fact that our God knows no boundaries. I know, right. Um, and, uh, you know, to uh, lead us here to journey has yeah. been one of the yeah. biggest blessings. I
1: feel like I've known you for my whole life, even though we only been together for, you know, a couple of years. How long have you been in Slido?
0: We've been here for going on three years, so, three years in November. So
1: we've been together three years, but it feels like it's been 30 yeah, and because I think when you connect on that spiritual level, man, it's like family. But it's only been three years, but it's still very, very sweet.
0: Yeah, and it's a it is a blessing that yeah. I have been able to connect with the majority of the pastors here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Each pastor here at, at Journey yeah. pays us. Plays a special role in my life. And that's good to hear, man. Um, you, know, so you know, whether it's the youth pastor helping me parent my children. I know, any great. Um, I love Andy. Man. Uh, so Andy great. is awesome. He's, he's so good. He's always somebody that I can go to when I'm having teenage trouble.
1: There's only one thing I don't like about Andy. He's an Alabama Crimson Tide fan. So uh, I'm trying well, to help him get past that addiction. You know,
0: God's pretty powerful. <laughs> 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 There's Andy's, still hope.
1: Andy's amazing. Owl is amazing. Tanya, Ken, my every, all our our pastors, man. It's such 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 a loving pastoral it's a beautiful men staff women. yeah yes right and thank you for adding your value you and your family man add so much to our church you guys believe and pray and serve and give so much and we're just grateful that the Lord brought
0: you to us and we're even more grateful
1: well I've enjoyed the conversation so much Jimmy we're gonna wrap this up today I'm Honored that you would join us on the podcast. My guest has been Jimmy Sharp, who is uh, one of our leaders at Celebrate Recovery, and he and his family are actively involved here at Journey, and they're just a joy to be with. If you're watching today and you're struggling with an addiction and you need help, I want you to know that Jesus Christ is your answer, and we want to welcome you to come just like you are. In fact, come on a Sunday morning. You know, we welcome people who are not perfect. In fact, we are a church for people who are not perfect. We want you to bring your situation to the lord. So if you're living locally here on the North Shore or in Slidell, uh, you get uh, driving directions at jf.church. Uh, you can also download the Journey Fellowship Church app. Go to your app store, type in Journey Fellowship Church, download the app. There's messages uh, from past sermons, there's small groups you can get connected with, you can find driving directions. All those things at jf.church are on the Journey app. But we'd love for you to come visit us this Sunday. Two services, 8:30 a.m and 10 a.m. is our current format. Uh, But wherever you are, if you're watching online, maybe you live away, join us on the online campus. Again, jf.church are on the Journey app. For Journey Fellowship Church, I'm Doug McAllister, and this has been Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday.